Welcome to Let's Admit It, a college admissions podcast hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Here, we aim to answer the spoken and unspoken questions of high school students and parents who are looking to learn more about a Christian college experience. You can learn more about Boise Bible College at www.boisebible.edu. Thank you for listening. Hello. My name is Michael Gritton. I am your host at this uh, Let's Admit It podcast, hosted by the Boise Bible College Admissions Department. Um, this semester, if you've been listening consistently, you will know that uh, we've been introducing you to the faculty, to the staff, to the professors, to the people that you as a student would be spending the uh, vast majority of your time with uh, here at Boise Bible College. And today, we are continuing that trend with uh, Russell Grove. He is the department head of the Christian Education Department, the head of the Admissions Department, and the Supreme High Lord of uh, my employment. So, mm. Russell, hello. Hello. It's good to have you on the podcast again. It's been, it's been a little while since... Gosh, your last one I think was middle of last semester, so it's been it's been some time. It's been a while. <laughs> so thanks for thanks for being back on. Um, we we actually had Amber last week, and so some of the things I'm going to ask you today are things I already know. Um, but she talked a big game about your prank stories back in the day, so. Mm. <clears throat> I hope you. I hope you brought some fire barrels because we probably got some, all myth. <laughs> we've got some expectations. Um, so I know I mentioned this to you earlier, Russell, but just so it's on the air, um, a lot of these questions very open ended. You can you know you can talk for six hours if you want. We're gonna break it up in, into bits if you do that, but mm-hmm. you can if you want to. Um, but first, first question, um, real, real, real general. Talk about your background, your your education, your ministry experience, whatever you want to talk about. Well, in the beginning, God created, no. Um, <laughs> nope, from a ranch out in the middle of eastern Oregon where nobody knows that it even exists. And so thought I wanted to go into aerospace engineering. Started at Oregon State. God convicted me. So with my dad's help, toured the different Christian universities and colleges and uh, landed on Boise Bible College because of the influence of my youth minister. She had a big influence on me and she was from Boise Bible College. And also the environment here, the culture, the community, the education uh, just seemed to fit. And so I came to Boise Bible College and got my degree here, went on to graduate education, and basically trying to figure out what I wanted to do for the Lord. I, want, I knew I wanted to serve God full time, and I wanted to do it in a way that uh, fit how he created me. And so I love theology, I pursued that. I loved education, I pursued that. I loved counseling, I pursued that. So I took a while in my graduate education. Long story short though, I settled on Christian education because the ability to uh, transform people's lives by sharing God's word with them and them learning 
God's word has always been the most meaningful and fulfilling thing I've ever done. So I still love theology. I still love science. I still love to help people work through their problems in life. So counseling, but definitely that preactive, preactive, proactive, proactive way of God's word transforming people as it has mine, and it did my family's, and it has worked strongly through Amber's and my family, has just been such a blessing that that's really where I work. And then I've spent, I don't know, my first ministry was in 1982, and my last ministry was right before I came on staff here at BBC full-time, so that was... 2006, I think, anyway, uh, was in primarily next generation ministry. So first in youth ministry, then really working in youth ministry got me in passion to work in children's ministry also. So I love both children's ministry and youth ministry. And yes, I've done a ton of adult ministry. Uh, but just that educational ministry has been inspiring. I love it. I think it's powerful. Anyone in that invests in it, I don't think will ever be um, disappointed. So I guess that's the short end of my story. I've been at BBC trying to pass that passion along since then and also bringing in younger practitioners alongside with me to share in the classroom uh, and take over some of that stuff is, you know, I'm getting older as the elves of J.R.R. Tolkien's. Uh, Lord of the Rings passed into the West. You know, I figure that's where I'm going to be passing in the next decade or so. So want to get some other people impassioned to equip the next generations of Christian educators. So I know that uh, I know from Amber that uh, your guys' journey <clears throat> from Boise Bible College across the country and then back was um, a little meandering. Um, but I want to hear your perspective. What was what was the Grove Clan's journey back to Boise Bible College? As um, were you were you just the professor, or were you a professor and an administrator as well at that point? What was the story there? Well, no, we we actually left to the east for graduate education, and it was kind of the grapes of wrath in reverse, if you know that story. That <laughs> I remember book. from high school. Yes, and so we ended up in Cincinnati for nine years, which I did graduate education. Amber did more education, worked and taught at a Christian university there, and then 13 years in Jacksonville, Florida, 12 or 13. We always can't figure that out completely. I don't know why. You probably lost a couple months in Jacksonville. Yeah. so. And a great ministry uh, with a very awesome church in Jacksonville. And that's also where we started working for over a decade in South America and Guyana, South America, in the summers. And then out of the blue, Boise called us and said, you know, would you come back and teach Christian education at the college? Hmm. And we initially told him, well, I did, no. And my wife asked me, well, did you tell him no? I said, yeah. Because our ministry there was just an awesome ministry. and But then the dean of the college here, Mr. Charles Faber, asked us if we were saying absolutely no. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can say anything absolutely. So then he just kept at it, offered to fly our whole family out here because my kids were in high school. I didn't want to move them. 
And through praying about it, coming out here with all of my kids, and one of our prayer requests was that all of our kids would be on board, which I knew my youngest, who was a true Floridian, would not be. And even though we're all from the Northwest, um, her parents were, she was like, in the end, Dad, I don't want to move, but I think God wants us to. So we ended up here at Boise Bible College for me to uh, take over the role of the Christian education professor and department. And that's how we came back. Amber was hired immediately at, at Eagle uh, Middle School as a teacher. And so she came here to the college later um, as we were looking to expand the uh, Christian teaching program here at the college. Because of course, she's, she's a highly, what do they call that, a highly certified highly oh. whatever teacher in other words she's really good at what she does and she was a mentor teacher for years and has almost oh, as much education as i do in different areas um just more in certain areas so it's we both went to school for an amazingly long amount of time while doing full-time ministry teaching and raising a family mm -hmm. but yeah so she's exceptionally brilliant so she needs to listen to this podcast and hear that I've said that publicly <laughs> and will always say it publicly. I'm dating yes. us a little bit, but we're, we're recording this yeah. three or four days before Valentine's Day. So. Oh, there you go. So we can use it for that. <laughs> oh, goodness. So you mentioned um, your family and uh, the importance of all of them being on board. Amber um, referred to your youngest uh, being you know adamant of not moving, being kind mm. of your safety net of... Well, sure, I'll come out here to the college, but kiddo's just not going to be on board for it. Mm -hmm. And then she, she, jumped, she jumped ship. Yeah. <laughs> we taught them too well to follow God's calling and not our own desire. So every now and then that comes back to bite you. Yeah. yeah. When, and it's not that I'd, I love this college or I wouldn't be here. It's I hate with a passion moving. Mm. So we've only had three major moves in our married life, period. Once from here, once to Florida, and once back here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was, you know, plus it, it, ministry was just an awesome ministry, yeah. growing church uh, involvement. In, I just love the involvement in South America and seeing the church down there grow and expand. So, yeah, it was really had to be God's will for us to come back to Boise Bible College. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I've said this before, but you and Amber have probably one of the most unique perspectives on the college in that you guys came to school here. You both graduated, you with a bachelor's, Amber with an associate's. You guys left, went out into the world of ministry, and then uh, eventually came back, both of you as professors. You eventually became an administrator of the college. Um, but also, all three of your kiddos came to school here. So um, what was it like for you, um, both as a dad watching parent, you know, your students come to school, but also as a dad who is also you know, teaching your students in these classes? Well, yeah, all three of our kids came here and graduated. So it's, it, it wasn't unusual for them because in all their life growing up, they had always had me as one of the ministers in their church. Mm. So, and at some point, we're always in a ministry that you know I was overseeing or involved with. So it's always been fun. Plus, they worked with us. All of us worked with us, Amber and I, in South America. So having him here at the college was cool. 
and seeing them grow in their relationship with God and his calling for their lives. My son became a worship minister. My youngest daughter became a, a um, youth minister. And then my oldest daughter took after her mom and was a public school teacher and now works in the corporate world. And, and my oldest grandchild is already saying, yeah, Papa, I just can't wait till I can come to Boise Bible College Bless and you know be in your classes. So we've got eight grandkids, so that's a lot more future alum we hope to have come to Boise Bible College <laughs> yeah. from our family. Hmm. So in general, though, good to have, because I, I imagine having my dad as a professor and seeing my grades, man, that would terrify me. <laughs> No, they're pretty good with it. When your dad's been one of your ministers all your life, you kind of grow yeah, up with sense. that. And it was really funny. My son's voice is a lot like mine, so oftentimes people would get sidetracked thinking they heard me around the corner and they'd come around the corner. Oh, it's you. And so he was, my youngest daughter was so stealthy that many people would say, Kaylee's your daughter? And I was like, yes, she's my daughter. Wow, I never knew that. So... She was pretty good at flying under the radar. Nobody knew that she was my daughter. <laughs> and I don't know if that, whether that was by her designer or it was just incident. Yeah. But she's a pretty good stealth person, period. Mm. So You mentioned um, the time that you and Amber spent, in, uh, spent overseas, um, 13 summers worth. Uh, just out of curiosity and you know, go into as much depth as you want. Uh, it it seems impossible for that much time, um, it, you know, in any ministry to not have an effect on the way that you view ministry in general. Um, what kind of impact does thirteen summers of of missions work have on your on your worldview, on your view of ministry? What what kind of what kind of effect does it have? Yeah, I think that anyone who has the opportunity to serve outside of their own context is eye-opening, heart-opening, mind-expanding because you see the global nature of God's family. And so Amber and I, we had done things like go across the border into Mexico, and we've been up to some churches in Canada, but never anything outside of really our familiar context. And so working in Guyana, South America was all of those things, eye-opening, heart-opening, mind-expanding, because we were basically asked to come down there by an older missionary, and once he got us there, it was just like he dropped us in the middle of the wilderness and said, survive. Oh, really? Right. So he dropped us in the capital of the country, and we knew absolutely nothing except for a guy would pick us up the next day to drive us to New Amsterdam from Georgetown mm -hmm. to do stuff. And that was it. But long story short, we met the church family in New Amsterdam, Guyana, and worked with Adelphi Christian Church for, yeah, years. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they were just meeting in a house, about 60 people crammed into a house, which it's a part of the rainforest area of South America. Water running through the roof, all of you know, people just crowded up, but praising God as if they didn't notice any of those things. Mm. And they accepted, brought us in, 
And that's just something that Amber and I found that no matter where you go, if you're with a family of God, you're with family. And they brought us in and just loved us. And what we did was probably we learned as much or maybe even more from them as they learned from us. So the things we brought were, were the things that they don't have formal ministry training. They didn't have uh, the resources we have. So we were able to bring a lot of, you know, the kind of ministry strategy, ministry training, equipping, teaching methodology, visioning, uh, all that kind of stuff that we take for granted in America. And what was really amazing, where in America you might never see it implemented, might see it implemented slowly, they took everything and used it immediately. And so that little group of 60-some people expanded over the course of that decade to number one, our church in Florida, sistering with them as a sister church, uh, building a brand new facility, and that church grew to 800 within just a few years, and planted five other churches that, while we were working with them, and, and a number of them grew into the hundreds while we were still working with them. And so they took all the concepts that we shared from the wisdom of the churches here in America, but also then learned a ton of things that we shared their wisdom as far as community and fellowship and worship and all of those things with our church in Florida. So it was a very uh, complementary relationship of us sharing with our brothers and sisters in Guyana, but them also, and even their ministers coming up to preach and teach uh, at our church, and in the end, when I first came to BBC, the minister from there and my, my best friend down there came to preach here at Boise Bible College and share just their ministry and their approach to the Great Commission, and it was awesome for our students to hear from him from that country. So if you have the opportunity, you need to do it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I want to talk about your uh, specific area of focus here at the school, which I know I graduated from your degree program, mm -hmm. but um, something I've had a lot of the professors do is pretend like I don't have the faintest, foggiest clue about what your degree program is. And first of all, tell me why it's important to the, the, the mission of the college, but in the grander scheme of things, why it's important to the mission of the kingdom. Well, so as far as the mission of the college, we're a ministry college that is equipping people to bring the kingdom of God to the whole world and share the glory of God through building up the church. So that is definitely, in my department, is the largest area of most church ministries. Hmm. So your discipling, your education, your um, raising up the next generation to be ministers where they're at now, but also be the future not only ministers, but leaders of the church, that's just essential to everything the church does. So, and that supported that throughout, whether it's the Old Testament and Deuteronomy 6, to share this with the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, everything that God has commanded and everything that God desires for his people, to the Great Commission that, you know, we're good at remembering, you know, make disciples of all people and winning them to the Lord, but we always forget that last half of teaching them all that Jesus had commanded and basically taking on the ministry of Christ 
to carry out God's redemptive mission to the world. That takes sharing all that story of the Old Testament, New Testament, and uh, doing that well. And so one of the biggest things that's happened, I think, with a lot of churches, they forget that that's at the center of discipling, that people have to uh, take on the life of Christ. And the only way they, they can take on his life and ministry is to take on the knowledge Jesus had. Of course, he was God and they can't be all-knowing. But his knowledge of the story from the Old Testament through God's desire for the New Testament and how to carry that out. And so, in a lot of ways, children aren't challenged to really know that story and to live that story already as children. Jesus never said you had to wait to become an adult to serve him. As a matter of fact, uh, he praises children because they're already ready to serve. They're already desiring to make an impact. And therefore, all we need to do is encourage that and teach them the story and help them find ways to serve, be Jesus's helpers when they're little, be Jesus's ministers as they grow up, and take on his ability to lead others to God as they become emerging adults. And then, of course, with adults, the three things, you know, number one, uh, taking on their life of discipleship requires them to know the story, so be biblically literate. Um, to take on serving God, so take on ministry. And third, to be an influence for God, which means taking on leadership for God, whether that's in their family, at work, in the community, in their church. And so Christian education, it is essential for every effective church. And you can't dismiss it. So those investing themselves here at BBC, well, number one, the church's request for those areas in their church, we can't even come close to filling unless we just graduate a ton more. And so uh, job placement's really good because there's plenty of people out there that just can't find people to fill those ministries. But the other aspect is that it's a very fulfilling uh, ministry as Amber and I have been involved because down through the years, no matter where, we went back to a conference in Ohio, which is where I had one of my earlier youth ministries, and got together with about 40 people just to celebrate. They were all teenagers, or the parents of our teenagers there, and we just had a great time uh, celebrating what God had done in all of our lives. And then same thing in Jacksonville, because uh, those are the two other main major places we've uh, lived. And then we came back here, and already in our time here, uh, running into all the time, children that are now adults that we work with at CUNA. Mm. Uh, when we first got back here and started teaching, we led a children's ministry out at a small town outside of Boise, CUNA. And a lot of those kids are like, oh, well, we're almost ready to come to Boise Bible College, uh, Russell, and we're excited. And they would show me all their stuff getting ready. And... Their parents are now lead, the, the camp managers at a camp where I serve. And you just net those connections just never end when you work in this type of ministry. You're constantly running into people that God has allowed you to be a part of their life. And it's, it's fun and exciting. And so 
Yeah, in that sense, your family goes beyond your physical family to this huge spiritual family that you're always amazed at the reunions God brings together in your life just to celebrate that. Mm. Mm. So it's a a powerful ministry, Uh, and therefore the degree programs here, I hope, equip, and I believe they do, people to do ministry to not only have that impact, but to realize the blessings of those those ministry. Not that you won't have any, anything you do in life. You, you're going to run into trials and tests and struggles. Sure. But the joy of this is the investment is worth any of those difficulties because it's just the merit's great. Mm. So, Well, as we are, as we're running down on time here and in the best transition of 2021 so far i want to talk about embarrassing stories Mm. um don't have any don't have any well that's the thing though russell amber talked a big game said you had a lot of really good stories in fact she said you were the one with the stories Mm. you said embarrassing stories (laughs) oh See, that's the thing about Russell Grubb. I'm not embarrassed about any of my (laughs) stories. That's the thing I've learned about Russell in the last seven, eight years of knowing you, is that uh, you don't really have, like, that that muscle that we all have where, like, like, your spine kind of, like, clinches up a little bit. It's like, ugh. Russell doesn't have one of those. Um. (laughs) I won't say that. It's just stories I would share aren't embarrassing. That's fair. Well, (laughs) having said that, Russell... um, Something that uh, we've come up with um, this this season of the of the podcast gives an opportunity to the professors to um, to tell stories to kind of yeah. the way that I view it is that sometimes you know in the classroom <clears throat> and I even remember getting into this funk um, viewing the professors as kind of being up on on pillars um, and. Uh, so I we use this as an opportunity for you guys to kind of um, you know to 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 model humility um, and to you know tell humanizing uh, humanizing tales. So in your time in college, in grad school, in ministry, is there a is there a I don't want to say embarrassing because then you're going to go through the whole big rigmarole we just went through. Is there a story that you see as, that that pops into your head as Man, that was really funny. Well, they were all funny to me, or I wouldn't have done them. <laughs> but you have to remember, when I went to Boise Bible College, it was a campus in the middle of cow pastures. Mm-hmm. So A lot of development in this area in the last couple of years. Right. Boise has grown tremendously uh, and has become a small metropolitan area with many things for our students to do, from nature to... Just every modern form of, you know, entertainment and all of that. We didn't have that. So we'd walk two miles to the closest store just to get a Texas donut, which was just an oversized glazed donut, and walk back. Those were the kinds of things. But then on campus, we created fun by basically doing practical jokes on each other. So... Like in the irrigation ditches that used to run down the entrance to the college, one night all the men, we got together and took all the ladies' cars and put them off the road in those ditches. You know, uh, we took one of our fellow male rooms, their dorm room, 
and we fastened all their furniture in that upside down to the ceiling. So when they came in, everything was on the ceiling, not the floor. We used to golf off the back of the men's dorm out into the cow pastures with a bunch of old balls that we never expected to retrieve just to see who could hit it the farthest and or you know hit the lone weed out there you know so we used to throw everyone in the canal when they're a freshman unless you were fast enough to run away that one definitely would not be appropriate today it definitely so wouldn't. <laughs> it was a different time and so i i was a fast one so i never got caught i never threw anyone in the canal either so because yeah i just didn't i don't know why so there's just a lot of interesting things we did that oftentimes the president would say to us you know that was fun but someone's gonna have to pay for it because every now and then you know we might accidentally break something um, and we paid for it so but yeah it was just and that, interestingly enough in my college days yeah I did alright academically and I was uh, serving in a youth ministry every weekend and uh, I was never asked by the college to do anything <laughs> So I was never what we call a camper up here. I was never an officer. Uh, yeah, so it was kind of interesting that when they called me up, however many years later, 20-some years later to come teach here, I was like, are you sure you called the right person? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I went on from graduate school, and, and actually and I did work in another college and had come back to recruit from here, another Christian university, and spoke in chapel and stuff. But that was about... My contact then, even though Boise Bible College set the foundation for my life and even my academic success and ministry success, you know, we were on the other side of the country. So it was, it was interesting, but it's a joy being back. The students are uh, so much more disciplined than we were <laughs> now, uh, cultured, I guess you would say. Um, don't drive people's cars into ditches swap we never drove we picked them up and carried them oh, and placed oh, them gently oh, okay. Oh, okay gently you placed you yeah. didn't drive got it yeah so it's <laughs> it about 20 of us guys we can maneuver most things but in that like one of the things we broke we had an old school bus we pushed it in the president's parking spot and we broke the sign there that was like boise bible college mm -hmm. or something and yeah so we we had to replace that. Um, I feel like I learn a lot about the the professors and the staff of this college through this question because ultimately it's a question of what are you willing to talk about in a podcast that will be published and kept for perpetuity? Uh, maybe. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Good grief, yeah. Russell. We did put someone's whole dorm room in the back of a Toyota pickup. That's how little we had in our dorms. And we parked it out somewhere back on campus. When they came home, there was nothing in their room. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, it's somewhere on campus. We'll see if we can help you find that. Um, yeah, so just when you, yeah, it's just innocent fun, I think. Maybe. I mean, at the time and to this day, the campus is like three parking lots. Yeah, and we helped everybody always restore things back to the way they were. 
So, you know, taking credit. Yeah. And yeah, making sure someone else uh, was probably insinuated in doing it. So all of these stories could end with you all in like the back of a cop car and it wouldn't skip a beep. No, no civil crimes were ever committed. <laughs> Misplacement of some property sometimes. But only once that case. Yeah, the other time it was in the room, it was just on the ceiling. In the so. in, in today's episode of, of Justifications. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest one was that we had dorm rooms that have a connecting bathroom, so there's two people that live on one side of that bathroom and two on the other. But the breaker box was on our side. So our two roommates of my roommate myself i'll name none of them uh to keep them innocent my roommate and myself we snuck over to their side in the middle of the night and turned everything they had on electrically so their stereo on to the highest volume tv on everything their lights on anything the vacuum cleaner plugged in and on and because we had the breakers off on our side and then we went back to our side locked the door and slammed on those breakers. And it was quite entertaining when our other two quad mates came to life with their vacuum cleaner running around, you know, stereo blaring and just wondering if the Lord had returned yeah, at end, that moment. End times kind of revelation yeah, did yeah. not tell you. So the apocalypse hit just Good. their room. <laughs> so encapsulated. Yeah, like I said, not much else to do. So, well, Russell, as we as we narrow down on uh, on time, as you know, I've uh, I, I have several repetitious questions I ask week after week. Um, my reason being, I think it's good for uh, those listening to have different perspective. But mm-hmm. um, as I've mentioned just in this podcast, the the way that ans- questions get answered, I believe, tells me a little bit about the the person that I'm talking to. Um, and so, uh, I know I've asked you this question before, but if, you know, if you want, if you want to approach it differently, fine. If you want to give the same answer, fine. If you remember the way that you answered last time, you're shaking your head. No, I had COVID, so I don't remember much nowadays. (laughs) All right. So, um, if you had a high school student standing in front of you and they were debating, the pros and cons, the viability of a education, specifically a degree in Christian education um, from Boise Bible College, what advice would you give them? What encouragement would you give them? What would you say? Well, number one, anytime we think about our life, and especially when you're at the age of being an emerging adult, you have to think about three things. What's my next step to grow closer to God? What's my next step to continue to serve God in a greater way? And third, what's my next step in making the church the center of my life? You know, So as you take a look at that, coming to Boise Bible College, even if you don't think you would ever serve full-time in the church, helps you accomplish all three of those things, to grow closer to God, to grow... Uh, in your service to God, because we're all called to do that, and to grow closer in how you will uh, be valuable to his church for his sake and his glory. So 
that you cannot just ignore if you're a Christian thinking about that strategically and everyone that would be in our ministries at the churches where we served that's how we would challenge young people as they were looking to graduate from high school those three things so if you're going to the university how are you going to do that if you're going into the workforce how are you going to do that so Boise Bible College is just an excellent opportunity to do that uh, right out of high school whether you plan to go to the university later or go into the working world to at least spend a year positioning your life to have that foundation to make sure those things are strong or to go on and you never know how God wants to use you in his church so maybe something clicks with you and so that's the heart of Christian education is is aligning people with what God has called them to do to become disciples of God in the truest form so I, I actually started at a university, and it, it was not beneficial to my faith. It was not beneficial to me being a strong Christian, and that's why I left. And so from personal experience, that's one of the things that, and people might say, well, it's because you weren't, you weren't strong in your faith, and that's probably true. But I think that's where a lot of us are at that age, and so... You know, my parents were ecstatic when I made the decision to change. And I think most of us as parents are very concerned that our kids are going to be strong in the faith and carrying out their relationship with God in a very meaningful way. So I think that's why Boise Bible College is an excellent opportunity. There's, there's a lot of other Christian universities and colleges out there, and I've gone to several other Christian universities and colleges. But Boise Bible College had the greatest impact on my life of all the schools I've attended, both as a Christian, as an adult, you know, being prepared for the academic, professional, the working world of any type, and definitely as a husband and a father. So, therefore, I think it's an excellent investment of time, money, and your energies I don't think anyone that comes to Boise Bible College that really invests themselves to pursue God's will in their life and equip themselves for Him and grow in the relationship with, with Him would ever be disappointed with the investment they make here. Mm. Appreciate your insights, Russell. I appreciate you being taking the time to come and talk again and talk more about yourself, tell your story, um, and uh, tell some stories that probably would not have ended as as well as they did back in the day <laughs> appreciate your time russell um thanks mike so for those of you who are listening um thank you for for joining us i hope you've enjoyed your opportunity to get to know russell grove before you need to know russell grove um thank you for joining us and i encourage you to come back again next week um, where we're going to introduce you to another faculty staff professor Guess you'll have to come back to find out. They're God. all awesome. <laughs> God bless and have a good week. Bye.